Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book, the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times, and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 125 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot spells. And my special guest is Madam Pamita. Welcome, Pamita. Oh, it's so it's so exciting for me to be here. I just have adored you from afar for so long. And then when we had our meeting a few weeks ago, oh my gosh, it was so magical. So I'm super excited to be here with you. I adore you. Well, I adore you. And you know, for everybody who's listening, it's really funny because um, Madam Pamita and I have circled each other on online for a while. And I was in Los Angeles at a birthday party for Pleasant Gaiman, who is so funny and fabulous and such a brilliant multi-talented lady and so I'm there at the party and all of a sudden in walks Madame Pamita I'm like what the hell this just got real <laughs> so it was like <laughs> destiny that we were supposed to meet so I'm just delighted that we're here and I'm glad that we got to meet at that chance party I just love that kind of stuff but Pleasant is kind of magical that way I think she <laughs> brings people together she's such a community builder and I just adore her too so yeah yeah it's great well, you both keep very good company. So for people who are listening, I think this is a great topic. Um, Madame Pamita's got a book that came out on Wiser called Magic, Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. And the thing that's very different about this book, it isn't just a tarot book, but there are spells, affirmations, and all kinds of cool things in here to help you not use tarot just to predict the future, but to make your dreams come true. And so I love that concept. And the one thing, and that's why I wanted to get you on, on this um, uh, podcast. And you had mentioned about tarot spells uh, when I saw you at that party. So the first thing I want to um, ask you for people who are listening, what is a spell? Can you explain that to somebody in layman's terms? So from my practice, you know, I've been, um, a magical witchy person since, well, since a child, really since childhood, if you really want to go back, but officially I started in my early twenties and now I'm in my fifties, um, doing, you know, spells and doing magic and, and divination as well. And we generally think of those things as being two very separate branches. Divination is receiving information and spell work and magic is projecting out into the world what it is that you want. I want to shape reality to my will. That is what magic is. You know, I'm going to manifest money or manifest a lover or, or, or bring in more clients or whatever it is. Right. So, um, I had the insight a few years back, several years back about using tarot projectively instead of using it only for receptive receiving information and using it receptively to use it um, in a way to project out what you want so that you could use the cards choose the cards either intuitively or choose the cards consciously looking at the cards I want more happiness I want more fame so I'm going to use the sun card to put my my joy out into the world or bring more joy into my life and so on then I got really deep into it, um, studying hoodoo and, and coming from that background as well of, of now making spell packets and all kinds of fun things that way. And, and using the, the physical manifestation of these cards, working with them to create magic. So is that 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And so, you know, I just find that really fascinating. So, you know, when you got the idea to use the tarot cards for spell work, I mean, how did that idea, that notion even come to you? Can you explain that a little more? Well, you know, I spend a lot of time doing, I guess I spend a lot of time in the Akashic Records studying with my teachers, my spirit guide teachers, and they just showed it to me and taught it to me. So it was a, you know, it was something that I learned there, I guess. It sounds a little woo-woo. That's not woo-woo to me at all, because you know what's really interesting is a lot of times when I get ideas for my work, it comes like when I'm doing meditation or when I'm sleeping. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're accessing something. So you were working in the Akashic Records, and that's when you really connected with this idea of using tarot for spell work. Yeah, and it's just evolved in such beautiful, magical ways. You know, it started first, it's very interesting, because it started first with me um, just thinking about, well, like if I hold the, you know, if I hold the high priestess card, it will help me to be more in tune spiritually. And it just started with that, but then it evolved into this whole thing of making packets and, and working with them artistically and sewing things and putting things in two cards together, like making a little sandwich and putting herbs and things. And I mean, it became this whole, whole amazing thing. So um, it's just been, it, it, it's been a really fun ride magically to, and, and definitely for me brings two of my passions together, like a Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, right. <laughs> I've got my chocolate and my peanut butter and I, I bring my tarot and my magic together. So, um, it's something that I just, I just love, and I love using the tarot more proactively. Now, what happened was I, you know, I got this information, but then I started doing research and I found that people were doing tarot magic, but they were doing things like, set this on your altar, mm-hmm. use this in ceremonial magic, and a much more of a hands-on, tactile, kitchen witch kind of person. I'm not a ceremonial magician by any means. I'm a folk magician, you know, so I like, I like picking herbs and doing things and with my hands, you know, working with things, not reciting, you know, poetry. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's how I, what I do with it, so. Well, that's also really the way I tend to work. You know, I studied Santeria for many years. And so a lot of the magic that I'm really drawn to is more of the, you know, earth magic, so to speak, or things like your nature. I had Damien Eccles on here. He wrote a book called High Magic, which is really fabulous. And he is such a brilliant magician. And we talked about using tarot for magic and the ceremonial magic. And his book is really one that I recommend to people who are interested in high magic. And we also mentioned a book by, I think it's Donald Tyson, that was about ceremonial magic and using that, you know, for magic. And again, that's that's not my wheelhouse. And I'm more aligned with the kind of magic that you do. So, But I just find all this stuff so fascinating, how people will use tarot or use magic to change their destiny. And like you, I'm very proactive. I don't believe that our life just happens to us. I really think that, you know, we have some say in that. I'm a believer that tarot and divination, it can show you where things are coming, but you can still do something about it. So, you know, one of the things that that you mentioned, and I found this really interesting, you said you might pick a card consciously or not. Now, I want to know about that. So when would you pick a card consciously for a spell? And when would you decide to just pick one randomly? Well, I think 
as I think about it, like you have, you may have a certain situation and you may know the solution. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, it's not just about picking a card, like this is what I want, but maybe you do need to work in some, you know, dark area and, and resolve something like one of this one beautiful packet that I made was working with making a little packet. So I took two tarot cards and I used the tower card and the 10 of swords. And you think, Oh, why would I want to work with those cards? Those are really, you know, dark cards they are really hard, whatever, whatever. But I made a packet that was like, stop the drama. So if you have drama in your life and you want that drama to stop, you know, tower card is drama. 10 of swords is we're done. Right. Yes. So taking those, taking those two cards and putting them together and then binding them with some black thread, you know, binding them together and making this packet that way, like the drama stops now. I don't want any more drama in my life. So you can, that's one way that you could, you know, sort of consciously say, this is something and I want to work with it and I want to stop it or I want to bind it or I want to, you know, do something like that. Then you could take that, for example, take that pack it and then bury it, bury it somewhere Mm. far away, or you could, um, possibly burn it or do something like that where you really are like taking this down and stopping this. But, um, you could, you know, like, I think there's times where we say like, what is it that I need to work on right now? My life's pretty good. I don't really, a a lot of times people will come to us, you and I for reading, like, where do I go from here? I don't know where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. What's my purpose in life? What am I supposed to learn right now? And in that kind of situation, then you could just like you do, if you're doing a one card draw, whatever you do, either lay the cards out and choose one intuitively or shuffle and, and cut or however you like to pick a card, choose your card that way and then work with that card. Now I want to say something. There's a, could point to bring up here for us, you and I, who have, who are readers and have a million decks. And there's that deck that has the bent card. There's that deck that has the missing card. This is a great way to recycle and repurpose those decks. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa's got thumbs up for that one. (laughs) Those decks that are, um, that are sitting around that we don't really want to get rid of because we, you know, gosh, I can use that for something. But, you know, they're sitting there collecting dust because they are missing that card of that funky bent card or they're old and worn out. You know, when when I used to let clients shuffle, now I shuffle, but back in the olden days, I used to let clients shuffle. I'd go through a deck every six months because yep. they're jamming those cards together, right? So, um, so I took, I had tons of these like learner decks that I would use when I, when I taught live classes and I'd lend decks out to people, but you know, cards go missing and la la la. So I use those decks, but for people that have, that are just reading for themselves or learning for themselves and they have their one precious deck and they don't want to use that deck for their magic, you know, you can go online, print out a copy of that card or Mm. make a copy of that card. And you can even, what's beautiful about that is if you go online you can find not just the Rider Waite Smith deck, but you can find other variations and you can go, ooh, I kind of like that strength card where the lady's riding on the lion versus that she's just standing next to the lion. So you can find images that maybe are more evocative for you or somehow um, have some kind of juju for you in some way, whatever, and, uh, and work that way. But you take that card, let's let's say you pick a card and, you know, you pick a card of what you have to work with. Um, I think that choosing intuitively, it will show you, oh, it will give you some, it will be like a combo reading and spell work because you're like, oh, I've got five of wands 
okay, what does that mean? And then how do I, how can I work with that magically? Oh, five of wands is like confusion. Okay. Now I know that I want some clarity. So maybe I'm going to choose the queen of swords so that I have perfect clarity to resolve that issue of the confusion of the five of wands, you know? So those, those kinds of things, that's how I think. I love that. It's so creative. And also, so what you're doing, and I'm a very proactive reader too. I'm a believer, like we look at what's coming and now let's, let's figure out a way to deal with this crap. Yep. Uh, or take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you. But I love this idea because it's almost like you're giving like a little prescription for your clients to take away and go work on something. You know, sometimes readers want to give people homework and I hate that. I just got to tell you, I'm one of those girls who hated doing homework in high school. I never did my homework. I always <laughs> aced the test. So the, t- the teachers had no problem. They had, to, they, had, they had no choice but to pass me. And so I never liked that idea. But I love the idea of doing a spell afterwards, doing something magical. I mean, that is really a cool way to get clients really involved in the process of their healing, which, you know, ultimately you and I know when people come to us, they're looking to heal something. Yeah. So yeah. this is brilliant. And I love the idea of if you don't want to wreck your favorite deck, because my favorite deck is the Baroque Bohemian Cats Tarot. And that deck is very expensive and hard to get, but I can get images online. That's so smart. Yeah. So the idea of the packets now, so I want to really briefly go over that. So you say that you, what you do is you choose two cards, like mm-hmm. one to represent the situation and one to get the result you want. Yeah. And, that could be. Mm-hmm. And then how do you put them together? Well, there's lots of ways you can put them together. And these all kind of come from that folk magic way of working. You could, I mean, there's a bazillion ways you can put them together. You can sew them together. You can pin them together. You can tape them together. You could put them together in some kind of other thing, like a bottle. You could, you know, Mm. roll them up and put them in a bottle if you want to do a bottle spell. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, you know, really. I mean, you know, there's a million ways you can go. But I, one of my favorites is to sew them together. So you can get like, you know, cards. If you're working with real cards, they're kind of a little tough to put a needle through. So you can get a hole punch. Yep. And do you remember in Girl Scouts or people that were had, I have sons, so I, we did Cub Scouts, but they would give you those leather kits where you could sew a wallet together or something yep. and it was like pre-punched leather and you would just take that little plastic lanyard and right. sew it together so you can do that with a with a couple of cards you can just punch holes get a hole punch punch holes around the edges and then sew it really quickly that way if you want to sit there with a, a needle I'd recommend like a real embroidery needle like a thick embroidery needle and you can sit there and poke holes in it um, and you can sew that packet up some people don't know how to sew that's all right. You can get some tape. And I recommend, see, I'm also, I'm so oriented toward magic, like color magic. All right. Get some washi tape. You know, washi tape is that kind of decorative uh, masking tape. Get it in the color of the, of the magic that you're trying to do. So if you're doing prosperity magic, get um, green or, or yellow, you know, green and yellow are for um, money. Or you can get I found this amazing gold, shimmering metallic gold washi tape. You know, if you want to do a, a fame and fortune spell, you could put um, gold washi tape around it. You know, you can also use safety pins. You know, if you want, I think safety pins for me represent protection magic. So if mm. you want to do safety pins around it, you can do that. You can pin it with straight pins. You can get straight pins that have colored heads on them and match the color to the magic that you're trying to do. I mean, there's a, a bajillion things that you can do to put it together. Now, when you put those together, there's another whole concept. If you 
are, if it's something that you want to bring together, like let's say you want to do a love spell. So you've got your significator. You're going to pick your me queen of cups. I'm a cancer. So I pick my queen of cups and then I, I pick my Taurus man. So I've got my, my, uh, king of, you know, king of pentacles, and I'm going to put him together with me. We can put each other face to face and then pin that together with some Mm. lovers in between. You can pin something with the cards facing each other when it is internal work, or if it's something that you want to put out in the world, then you pin the cards back to back so that the pictures are facing outward right? So that's another conceptual thing magically that's going to support that magic. All these little details are options. If you do it one or the other, it doesn't matter, but you can have these little options to give it extra boost of support. The the color is going to give a little more oomph. The direction that you face the cards, it's going to get a little more oomph in that direction that you're wanting it. So don't panic and go, oh my God, I don't know. uh, What am I doing? It's all right. Do it however you're going to do it. But if you know these things, if you're a magician and you know these things, you can start thinking in those ways of like, ooh, what can I do a little, give it a little juge there, you know? So I love that. <laughs> uh, and I also love about the idea of bearing it. You know, back when I uh, first started studying magic, it was a long time ago in the 80s. I used to go to a shop called The Magical Child in New York City. It was run by Herman Slater. And he. I still have his old formulary books that I bought years ago from his shop. And he would, for some of the spells, you would put your remnants of the spell in a paper bag with an orange cut in half and then dispose of it far away from home. And so that's always been my method of, like, if I have to do something, I'm going to do it that way. So you mentioned bearing it. But also in your book, you mentioned that one of the things you could do is carry the card with you or place it on your altar. Can you speak to that? Yeah, there's, um, you know what, it, it just, I... I forgot that I had one of these little teeny tiny um, tarot uh, decks, that ones that are like smaller than a postage stamp, those teeny weeny weeny ones. Love those. Yeah, those are great. Like you can just take those, um, take those cards, tie them together with thread. I don't, maybe you could sew them together, but you could wrap thread around them or do whatever. And then you could just carry that in your wallet. I mean, like how easy is that? You're never even going to know it's there, right? Um, you can, um, you know, put, uh, certainly have a bigger card. If you have a regular size deck, you can, or regular size printout of your cards. You can put that on your altar. You can use it as a focal point. You can use it for meditation. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I love to do, I mean, like the simplest, simplest form of magic that you can do with your deck is to take that card out, have a little altar. If you have a little altar space and, you know, lots of people do even, you know, all kinds of spiritual paths, they have a little, Mm -hmm. you know, a little table with their little candle and their little flowers and their little, you know, whatever they're focusing on. Oh, you want some more prosperity? Let's put a nine of pentacles up on that altar. And every time you walk by, you're going to see that nine of pentacles and go, Oh, that's right. I'm feeling my luxury. I'm feeling my wealth. I'm feeling my enjoyment of my money, you know, and you're, and you're getting that essence of that card every time you walk by. I mean, I think as a magical person, I don't even think you have to look at the card. If that card's out there facing you, you're going to, every time you walk by that, you're going to think of it. You could put, um, you know, what would the Empress for your, for your beauty spell in your mirror that you do in your bathroom so that every time you look up at it, you go, I'm an empress. I'm beautiful. I am a queen. I'm like, you know, whatever. And that you, it's a reminder to you to do an affirmation or a reminder to you. You're doing your beauty spell as you're 
putting your facial wash on or whatever, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I mean, it's like there's the, the possibilities are limitless of what you can do. These are such creative ideas. And one of the other things that you have in your book, because I do love your book, is Thank affirmations you. for every card in the deck. So I would like you to speak to my audience on how affirmations for tarot might create magic in your life. Well, affirmations is kind of a more, I think it came about in the 80s with Louise Hay. Maybe I'm not sure the history of affirmations, but I kind of think that's where it came about sort of in our consciousness. Although what's interesting is I'm doing work back. I'm an, I'm a new thought spiritualist. That's my path. And as I go back into new thought, a new thought is the old kind of old fashioned name for law of attraction people, you know, mm -hmm. um, the history of new thought is that it, it sort of came into its own in the 1800s in, in America. And I'm looking at these old new thought books, um, recently, and they do have affirmations in them. So really they, I don't think they call them the word affirmations, but they're saying things like I am successful. I am, you know, whatever, whatever, these positive things that you can say. So I think that the word affirmation came, I, I would sort of guess around the eighties when Louise Hay started doing that. But, um, the idea of affirmation goes back at least to the 1800s and then probably back further. Um, affirmations are spells. What is the word yes. spell? The word spell comes from spiel, which means to, to, to narrate something, to say something. And so, um, you know, like a spiel, right? Yeah. What's your spiel, right? It's yeah. like, what's, what are you, what are you saying here? What are you saying? So your power in words and magicians, high magic and low magic, know the power of words, the, your words are a projection of your thoughts. It's a, it's a, and, and I think in a very, I can look at it even in a scientific way. If you think a thought, it's one dimension, right? You think a thought I, okay, I'm thinking the thought right now. I'm, I have a great abundance flowing to me, right? That's one dimension. But if I stand in front of a mirror and say the words, I have unlimited abundance, I'm thinking the thought, I'm producing the words, the words are going back into my ear and I'm simultaneously watching myself say it. So now in my conscious mind, I'm creating a very strong neural pathway toward that abundance consciousness, which is really where all magic originates is in the thought anyway, yes. but I'm creating, but when you have something like a person who is, um, really worried about money or, or, or constantly anxious about something, you have a neural pathway that they're re it's like, it's like, um, horses walking along the trail and wearing out the grass on that trail. You're doing that in your brain every time you think of a thought. So with, if you're thinking a thought that is a, um, circular thought, I'm, I'm, I'm poor, I'm broke. I can't know where am I going to get the money and blah, 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 blah. You're making this real deep rut in that area. You need to break that. And one thought of I'm abundant is not going to break that. You need to do something forceful. So when you say something like you look into the mirror and you say, I am abundant, I am successful. I am, uh, prosperity is flowing to me easily. And you say those magical power words, you're really setting off something that's quite powerful to break that cycle just in your mind, not, not even, not even going into the aspect of now you're projecting out something. There's a, there's a process with words that projects out something. So there's a very magical, it is not like fluffy new age to say an affirmation. The word affirmation may have that connotation, but what you're really doing is a spell. You are saying a spell when you're saying an affirmation. So 
when you're saying an affirmation associated with your tarot card, I, that's one of the things I love about, you know, that I love doing. And I loved about the book is sharing this with people is that you're sending out this really powerful spell about the topic at hand. Now, if it's something, you know, challenging, you're sending out a, a message, uh, an affirmation, a spell of strength of overcoming those obstacles or working with that energy. I'm in this whole thing right now, Teresa, <laughs> I'm into this whole thing now of what I call, I call it magical jujitsu, which is when you're dealing with something negative, it's energy, take that yes. energy and I'm doing a gesture that nobody can see, but it, like, like do the, like, I think it's jujitsu where they take like your opponent's energy and we work it against them. You know, it's like, take the energy of all that negativity. I'm going to transmute it and transform it and use it to make myself more powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? So we've been talking about that on my Q and a. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. Magical jujitsu. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, affirmations are about that. They're spell words and, and they're transformative and they're, and they project out in the world. And it's important not just to read it. It's nice to read it. It's nice to think it, but say it because yes. when you say it, you are projecting something powerful. It changes stuff when you say things. Well, I'm a Gemini, so I'm a word fanatic and words have power. And I know that very, very well. And speaking of words, Let's talk real briefly about your book. So Madam Pamita's Magical Tarot. Um, just give me a brief, uh, tell my audience briefly about your book and where they can get it and where they can find you. Well, the book is a, a book that I always wanted to see. You know, I teach tarot and have taught it for many, many years. And I always kind of never had a book. There was there was one actually great book that's still out that I love called Power Tarot, but it's a book about layouts. But it has great descriptions of the cards that I thought were really helpful and easy to easily accessible. And I love that book. And I would kind of use that book as my textbook, but I was always feeling like it's a book about layouts and beginning students are going to get overwhelmed with a hundred different layouts. They're going to think, oh my God, it's too much to work with. So, um, I wanted to make the book that wasn't out there that I wanted to see out there. Um, and so my book talks uh, about the cards and talks about that thing that you, that you're talking about. Like when we look at each of the cards, the meaning of each of the cards, where it's like, what is that energy and how can you use that energy? What is it about? And how can we take that card in our reading and do something with it? And then, um, so a lot of the descriptions will be something that will bring enlightenment. Like my, my editor was Judica Illis, who I adore. She is amazing. We all love her. She's so brilliant. <laughs> she's amazing. Uh, I, it, and she was one of the reasons I did this book because I wanted to work with her because she's just the best. Um, and she was definitely a plus in working on this book for sure. Um, but she, she has been around doing readings for a bazillion years, just like you and I. And she was like, when I was reading your book, I was getting insights and seeing things in the Rider Waite Smith that I'd never seen before. Yep. Oh my gosh. So, um, to hear that was such a compliment. So, you know, some people might say, well, you know, I've got a bunch of books that did give me descriptions of the cards. Why do I need another one? But you'll see some insights. I break down the symbols. I yep. break down every single symbol in the Rider Waite. So if you don't want to read the description, you just want to go and say, Hey, what is Pamita's take on what that little bird up in the you know, up in the sky and the queen of swords means, what does that mean? You know, you can look and it will give you a little brief description of that. Um, what, uh, 
it, it, what else does it give you? It gives you affirmations for every card. It gives you questions, journal questions. So for people who are wanting to get deeper into their practice, you can sit down with the journal question and ask, like, kind of say like, Oh, um, you know, I'm going to build a relationship with this card. And for beginning people or people that are studying on their own, I think that is one way that can really give you a, a great, uh, connection to the card. Um, I talk about spell work. I talk about yep. magic. I talk about synchronicities. The, um, the ideal would have been for me to give a spell on every card. And I didn't have the room because I had, it was limited to 60,000 words, but I do talk about examples of how you can use cards and spells. Right. And you apply that then to your card. So like, if you're saying like, well, okay, I can put this card in my shoe and have that energy. Oh, okay. Maybe I want, I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to go for my SAT test or I'm going to go for my LSAT or something. I'm going to put, um, maybe I'm going to put the high priestess because she has those wisdom, mm -hmm. the symbols of wisdom or the, or the hermit card or the hierophant card in my shoe, because I want to have that you know, do well on this test. And you can put that, you know, take one of those little teeny tiny cards and put it in your shoe or, and, and do it that way. You know, so it gives you ideas, but you have to kind of extrapolate on those ideas, you know? Right. Well, so. I, th I think it's a great book and people can find it, you know, on, on oh. any, yeah, any, they can find it of course on all the online retailers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Indie Bound. Uh, they can find it at all their local bookstores. And people, you know, one of the things I like to say too, ask your local bookstores to carry these books. Because sometimes, you know, those metaphysical sections aren't that big because we're not being smart enough to go and request it. So get into your local bookstore, request that they carry Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot, and you might even ask your library to carry it too. Yeah. And they also, if they want a signed copy, I have a, my website is parlorofwonders.com. It's P-A-R-L-O-U-R. Parlor. Like we're, well, like we're British. Parlor. <laughs> Parlorofwonders.com. Um, and if they go to um, uh, my shop, which I sell a whole bunch of metaphysical, I make candles and I do all this other stuff, oils, candles, all that. But they go to the books and media there. They can buy the book there and they can buy it signed by me. I'll sign a copy to them with their name on it. So, and it's no extra charge. So that's another place that they can get it. Um, that if they want that little extra signed by me thing, they can have that. Right on. And they're going to want that. So um, <laughs> I want to thank you, Madam Pamita, for spending uh, time with me today. And it really was when you mentioned synchronicity, divine synchronicity at Pleasant's party when you walked in. That was so funny. So I'm just glad to be able to, that we made that connection. And I was able to get you on here today to talk about this fascinating subject. So I want to thank you for your time and for writing this book. I just adore you. And I'm so glad we connected. And I just can't wait to hang out with you. I need to come to Milwaukee and party with you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, my husband and I have decided now that we have to go to Los Angeles uh, for people who are listening, Madam Pomita's based on there. We have to go to Los Angeles every winter now just to hang out with you guys. I get mean, out of the now. snow. Yeah. And get out of the snow. <laughs> so it may be our new ritual. All right, people. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, uh, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, 
There are a lot of good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. And I want to thank you again for listening. And I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, do me a solid. Head over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that will help more tarot curious people find their way to this little podcast. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.